to another episode of The Searchers. This is Ben, and I am joined today by my regular co-host, Mr. Kevin Chan. Yes, sir. Hello. And the ziggiest of all ziggies, Chris. What up? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, welcome to November. You know, it's getting a little colder outside uh, where Chris and I live on the East Coast, but not. Kevin's still like hot, right? A little bit. A little bit. Breezy. Uh out in California. <laughs> What's your low for tonight? Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably 40, 45 maybe. Yeah, we're supposed and, to be like 30 tonight. And this oh. past weekend, which was right before Halloween for the listeners, during the day it was like 75 or 80. <laughs> Saturday was gorgeous. It was 80. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you play a little bit of disc golf? I actually didn't get to because uh, I had to, run to, had to run to the airport. But it was still a very nice ride, and I caught a beautiful view of the New York City skyline going over the Whitestone Bridge. Very good, very good. Yeah. As I said, it's November. We are no longer doing any horror-adjacent stuff. That is that is in the past. Today, we are covering one of Mr. Kevin Chan's picks. And what is that, Kevin? Yes, sir. We are covering another John Ford film. Right after Ben's pick of Donovan's Reef, which was months ago, we are now covering Mr. Roberts. No, not the searchers. Mr. Roberts. Oh, and... we, we disappoint those uh, three listeners that really want us to do that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. But yeah, um, we're covering Mr. Roberts. And, you know, like the reason why I picked this film was just I, for some reason, had a strong inkling. I had sort of a ford fever if you may i just kind of wanted to get back into john ford and uh i guess like just think like donovan's reef has become a film that's sort of like with images that that sort of dance in my head occasionally nowadays alongside like say the searchers or even the quiet man and i figured okay what's another good uh john ford film that we could probably cover and i after watching interviews with john ford like a super super eccentric guy who likes to basically troll interviewers <laughs> on camera and and doing a bit more research I, I i read about mr roberts and i thought oh you know what how about we do this and i brought it up with you guys like a couple times i'm like okay yeah i mean like i can't really get this movie out of my head so why don't we do it i felt like this would be really interesting to talk about given what happened um behind the camera and honestly after watching it i you, you just wanted to you wanted to buy that blu-ray don't lie well that's part of it okay Jeez. <laughs> yeah well you brought it you bought it too didn't you <laughs> i i did not i you was thinking i was thinking about it i could have sworn uh, you did uh, no, i was thinking about it oh it's gonna happen i usually yeah. convince you yeah, yeah it's gonna happen we'll, we'll it's see. gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen so anyways uh after watching this movie honest i I'm actually quite happy that we picked Mr. Roberts. And um, so honestly, what did you guys think of uh, of this movie, of this John Ford picture? Um, Benjamin? Okay, yeah, I'll get into it. Um, so a few of the John Ford movies that I'd... Oh, I've seen a lot. But a few of the ones that I'm not, I haven't seen many times in, involve Mr. Henry Fonda, who's the star of this movie. He's Mr. Roberts, the titular character. Um, he was in my darling Clementine, which I've seen once, and uh, Ford Apache. I've seen technically more than once, but the first couple times was when I was, you know, a wee lad on VHS stuff like that. I'm not really a, to be honest, I'm not really a Henry Fonda fan, but I will admit mm -hmm. that I do appreciate 
even though I don't like him personally, I do appreciate that his performances are very solid, you know, 80 to 90% of the time that I've seen movies with him. He's never a problem. Uh, so I, I really did enjoy this film. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but my dad was in the Navy. So I kind of grew up on these types of movies. Uh, so like Midway was a one on VHS. I've probably watched three or four times, which as a 10 year old, you probably shouldn't cause it's like three hours long, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. What about you, Chris? Yeah. So I'm happy that Kevin picked this. It's been a long time coming. I could probably say that I've caught parts of this growing up, but I wouldn't be able to say for sure. It just fits that type of film that my mom likes. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how I had seen it prior, if if at all. Um, but this was this was like fresh eyes for everything. Um, mm-hmm. And it was good to see where Jack Lemmon won his Oscar. Because I think he only has one. Correct? Just one Oscar? Yes. For Jack Lemmon. I thought, I thought I, he won something for The Apartment, no but I guess I'm wrong about that. No, I think he was only nominated a bunch. Oh, okay. So he's one of those if actors. We, if we do a if we do a quick search, we can. Yeah. So anyway, he won. He won yeah. two. He won oh, he two did. Oscars. Only just. Oh, okay. okay. What was the second one, Ben? Never heard of this. Save the Tiger. No, I never heard of that one either. Okay. Nineteen seventy-three. <laughs> oh, it took okay. him a while. He was a late bloomer for the Oscars. Then. Well, Oscars. Well, don't really, yeah. yeah, they don't really matter which we can get into soon. But let me get into the plot really quickly for our listeners out there. So Mr. Roberts, on the cusp of World War II's end, the U.S. cargo ship, the Reluctant, operates in an area of the Pacific Ocean that's far from enemy action. The executive officer and cargo chief aboard Lieutenant Doug Roberts, played by Henry Fonda, protects his disheartened crew from their megalomaniacal captain, Lieutenant Commander Morton, played by James Cagney. Mr. Roberts only longs for the chance to serve his country by getting into combat, while his men only desire for the chance to get off the ship and onto the island after more than a year of working without liberty. But Captain Morton constantly denies Mr. Roberts' requests for transfer and continuously keeps the rest of the men from their freedom. So alongside his quartersmate Ensign Frank Pulver, played by Jack Lemmon, and his two friends Doc, William Powell, the great William Powell and Chief Petty Officer Dowdy Ward Bond, will Roberts obtain his transfer and see some action? Will the rest of the men earn their chance at liberty, or are they doomed to this terrible station until the United States finally sees VJ Day? So, you know, like, I guess, like, I feel like people seem to view, I I have a friend who who certainly does see it this way. Uh, I don't know about now, but they they see World War II films as sort of like, you know, oh, yeah, great, another World War II film. Oh, boring, boring. This is such a dad film. But honestly, I don't know. I, that's just, that's such a poor statement. And honestly, if you want to call me, like, I I like dad cinema. If you want to have, like, dad core cinema in a way. 100%. Yeah, I love dad core cinema. Um, but, you know, for Mr. Roberts, I felt, I guess like right off the bat, I felt this was sort of a hangout film in a way similar to Donovan's Reef and even, and we all love uh, Rio Bravo by Howard Hawks. But for Don, for Mr. Roberts, there's sort of a, 
I felt like there was sort of a regality to it, like a sort of a royalty with some silliness, like on the side. And there's sort of a calmness and a sort of serenity that's kind of put up against that DNA of John Ford humor. And it mm-hmm. it, it really it really works. But um, that's very different from what he used to do in films, say, like, take Young Mr. Lincoln, also starring Henry Fonda. And I think maybe out of John Ford's films, that is my favorite Fonda performance. Um, so there's Ford Apache, Young Mr. Lincoln, and even take The Searchers and The Quiet Man. There's sort of a dreamy sensibility, like a sort of like mythicism to those four movies. But when you take Mr. Roberts, it's kind of endowed with a more relaxed, humorous nature. And I love that. But and Chris, we sort of like discussed this before, but like mm-hmm. you kind of sense there's something wrong with it, right? There's something underlying yes. this film that's sort of off in a way. Yes. I I had no sort of intentions really when you had suggested watching this film. Mm-hmm. Just that it would be classic Hollywood, right? Yeah. And I agree with Ben that on his take with Henry Fonda, I think, I think 80% of the time he's a great, great performance, you know, doing what he needs to do to be the straight man. Usually he delivers. Um, he delivers. Exactly. Um, I don't know exactly what it is here. It must be the direction or it must be how things happen behind the scenes, which I, I do not know any of that until you guys brought it up in the outline you know, before the show. And, and I had read that, um, it, it, this more feels like in a good comparison to Donovan's reef, it sort of just feels like that, like John Ford light almost. Um, I get that where you have, where you have his type of characters, you have his sensibilities, but maybe they're not turned up to 10 or 11 on the volume or where they need to be. For example, I think the comedy here, it's it's contextualized. Um, everything that's happening to Jack Lemon's character. Um, he really tries to hit those notes, right? With like the high parts and and I'll say over acts, maybe oh, very hammy. Very, very <laughs> hammy. That, thank you, Ben. That's that's the right way to put it. Um it was, it was almost screwball humor. Like yeah. it'd be, it, but it'd be it'd be screwball in one in one scene, and then the next scene it's sort of almost the complete opposite. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know. It no, movies obviously do that, right? They have this cyclical pattern where you have tragedy and comedy, and they they work together and they weave through the narrative. I I didn't so much feel that here, I mean, and I think that's just. I mean, we haven't even said it yet, but I think that's a function of it, it you know, John Ford directing, but also yeah. that other directing you know, Mer- in quotes. <laughs> Mervyn Leroy yeah. was also and jo- uh, uh, the other director and Joshua yeah. Logan, the script, one of the screenwriters uh, was uncredited as a director as well. Yeah. So there's a also, lot of there is a there is a uh, another person <laughs> who, really? helped with, who helped with direction, but he's just not credited. But, I'm very interested to hear on that. So might as well just get into it. So sure, I guess sure. like with the reason why we feel this way about uh, Mr. Roberts is because really 
Ford really screwed himself <laughs> behind behind the scenes. I think this was during the time when Ford was really at his peak of of drunkenness, of like just blatant drunkenness in front of other people. So take into account that Ford was, you know, a huge, huge director. People like trusted his instincts, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So before Ford uh, started production on Mr. Roberts, Henry, so this was originally a, a novel and then it became a play written by Joshua Logan, who Ben just mentioned earlier, who was one of the uncredited directors of the film. So on stage, Henry Fonda had originally played the character. He had played Mr. Roberts on Broadway beginning in 1948, and that was during the time of production on Fort Apache. And Fort Apache was Henry Fonda's very last movie until Mr. Roberts. It was also his very last movie uh, underneath the, you know, the auspices of John Ford. So he hadn't acted in a film for seven years until Mr. Roberts. But he had played... Oh, wow. Yeah, Fonda had played Mr. Roberts on stage on Broadway for three years, and he did 1,157 performances. Wow. So seven seven years after, Ford, you know, wants to produce th this, this movie. He wants to direct this movie, and he really wanted to get Fonda to reprise his role on screen, like mm -hmm. better than, than Fonda, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's when heads clash. So... Ford is very notorious for being a real jackass on set. Like a re he he's so mean to everybody. He okay appar apparently was known for being the only man to make John Wayne cry, according to uh, the actor who played Chief Scar in, in the Searchers. But um, Ford, uh, so basically, Ford wanted things to go his way or the highway. And I don't know if John Wayne cried. Nah, probably not. But <laughs> we can, yeah, that's only a myth. But <laughs> But um, so Ford wanted things to go his way or the highway. Fonda, having played the character for over a thousand over a thousand performances for three years, knew the character inside out. So, you know, he thought, oh, no, I know what I'm doing, you know, just like leave me alone. So it got mm -hmm. to the point where they just kept butting heads. They couldn't come to an agreement. And then from from what I read, the pro pro the producers held a meeting between Ford and Fonda and themselves just to try to, you know, appease the both of them, try to, you know, calm the situation. But Ford sucker punched Fonda during that meeting, which ended their 16 year friendship and their relationship in eight films together. So, holy cow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if Ford was drunk during the meeting, but yeah, like that's what he did. He punched, he sucker punched uh, Fonda. And, uh, and that's when Ford the left the film. So supposedly that's when Ford left the film, but there's also the fact that he was consistently drunk on set while directing. And <laughs> so then, so then after, well, okay. So this is, this is where we get into the other director because we already mentioned Mervyn Leroy and Joshua Logan. Ward, right. Bo Ward Bond, when <laughs> apparently when John Ford was so drunk that he couldn't continue, you know, directing scenes, Ward Bond stepped in and filled in for him. And filled in for direction. So really, this this film was helmed by four directors. When you look at it, it's sort of just clashing ideas. This and is starting to make a lot of sense now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so too many too many cooks, but at the same time, it was sort of on a trajectory to fail from the beginning. Is what exactly. it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. 
if Henry Fonda wouldn't have been such a jackass fighting for it, because you, you just know by the way that Henry uh, Henry Fonda is, he wouldn't say no. He wouldn't take no for an answer. That that kind of persona in a lot of his characters. That's probably how mm-hmm. he was in real life, and mm-hmm. you know, with his other family members, we don't need to talk <laughs> about them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he probably like he's like, all right, I I played this guy for three years on stage. I'm gonna do whatever I want. And John Ford is like, look, dude, I've been in Hollywood for 25 years. I'm, you know, the royalty. You should be listening to me. And everybody else did. I mean, John Wayne, all of his actors, all of his Ford's regulars, you know, worshiped the ground he walked on. Just imagine this, though. Frank S. Nugent, the other screenwriter, he wrote Ford Apache. He wrote Three Godfathers. He wrote She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, Wagon Masters, The Searchers, Donovan's Reef, The Quiet Man. All those other movies are like, you know, high quality or even better than high quality. amazing yes <laughs> yeah so i i feel like if, if if henry fonda would have just rolled over and said okay i'm taking the l on the movie you know i did the stage play the way i wanted and now i'm just i'm just gonna make the movies for, the way ford wants i think this would have been a classic because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't even look like a ford film after like the 20 or 30 minute mark like there's no wide yeah. shots of the sea or the or the boat really there's a couple but I feel like they're just imitations of John Ford. You know, maybe the, like the Ward Bond thing. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't read uh, read into that. Maybe that's on the commentary or something, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I read it elsewhere, but okay. uh, it's probably just a few scenes here and there. <laughs> I just think John Ford. I mean, there's plenty of stories that people didn't like him. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine after many years in the industry and, and just going through the studio system, he got whatever he want wanted. And that it's unfortunate that their relationship, uh, Fonda's and his relationship had to end that way. But I really do think it impacted the film for me. I, I enjoyed the film. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of this. I just liked the whole vibe on the boat and yeah. all the uh, other characters. And since we're bringing up the stage play, uh, I do want to get into this. Cause I know, I know Chris will get the, get a kick out of this. Um Yeah. So yeah, F- you know Fonda played Roberts on the stage play, and actually, the other there were two other actors in the stage play that have pretty big names. Lee Van Cleef was in the stage play, and Eli Wallach. So three oh guys: gosh. F- Fonda, Wallach, and and Lee Van Cleef Damn. all work with Leone. So it's just kind of funny how they're all on a play together. Interesting. And then, Damn. And then in the film, we we, in the film we have. Obviously, Jack Lemmon and Cagney, and William Powell as Doc. Um, so, you, like you, like Kevin said, we have Ward Bond, another Ford regular. We got Harry Carey Jr., and we had uh, Perry Lopez, who's kind of a – he was in McClintock. He was a Ford – maybe not a regular, but he was involved. Um, and then also Patrick Wayne, obviously, was, was yeah. a little bit part. Did you guys look at all, anything into the sequel for these, this movie? I no. did. I I know that. Yeah. So, so <laughs> guess who guess who played the captain? Well, own, hold on. For, I, first of all, what's the sequel called? Ends in Pulver. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get into why it's called that in a little bit. But okay. guess who played okay. the captain? Knows all- the captain was played by Burl Ives. <laughs> I have seen every kind of critter God ever made. And I ain't never seen a meaner, lower, more stinking yellow hypocrite than you. <laughs> same Cagney's character, same character, just different actor. And uh, actually, Doc was played by Walter Matthau in that movie. I've got something here. 
I've got liverwurst, liverwurst, chicken, and liverwurst. I don't know. That, oh. could, be, that could be solid. I don't yeah. know. And Jack Lemon reprises his role. As he does not. I don't even know. I didn't even write that guy's name down. Well, he, how funny would it have been if Mathau and Lemon paired up in, a, in that been, movie? That would have been great together, yeah, I yeah. think. They really would have been great. Listen to this. There was a 1984 TV movie with... Uh, Pulver played by Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and the captain was played by none other than Charles Durning. <laughs> Lloyd, this is your Dutch uncle again, and I'm telling you, stay away from that born again with feelings about serial killers. Oh, no way. I, I knew Chris would get a kick out of that. I, I've <laughs> yes. never, seen it, never seen any of those other ones. I've only seen the movie and obviously the stage play. Uh, I don't think it's been anywhere besides like, you know, high schools since. Uh, the 48 to 51 run with, with Fonda. Oh, actually the London theater or the L- London company or whatever. Had also a, had it. Had, Tyrone power was Mr. Roberts. Mm. Besides those two, I don't think any other, maybe college level theater. I'm not sure, but I, I, I messaged my high school senior homeroom teacher. Wow. That's a lot. That's a, that's a mouthful. Wow. He was part of like the theater at my high school. He's still there. And I was like, you guys should do this stage play like next year. Like I'd, I'd come to that. He's like, what? He's like, what's that? Like they don't even, they don't even know. No like, idea. No, this is unfortunately, Oh, I'm, I'm glad we're covering it for that reason. Like even the few people that listen to our podcast know about this thing. Like it is worth watching just for like the history. I mean, the, the character acting is great here. I love, we didn't mention him yet, but Nick Adams, the who was he? What was the who was the guy? The Rebel Without a Cause. I'm um, I'm um, Jack James Jack, Dean. James, James Dean. Dean. Yeah, he was a James Deaner like gang guy. You know, he was in yeah. that gang with him. Uh, Nick Adams plays the guy with that really heavy New York accent. I can't even. I'm not even gonna try. You're welcome everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's the you'd recognize him, Chris, if we if we pointed him out. But they, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool like just history around this film, even though. It, I, I obviously Kevin's more positive than Chris and I. <laughs> yeah, but you guys reflect, are still somewhat positive, though. It will, ref, it will reflect in his rating, but I, I do like bit, this maybe. movie. Um, it was filmed. I thought it was very cool that they actually felt like when John Ford was involved, they actually filmed it at Midway Atoll, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Like so, like that beginning twenty minutes, maybe thirty, forty. Yeah, like you that, could always depend be- on Ford, like just shooting on location. So he knew he knew Monument Valley uh, the same way he knew Midway. So that was, yeah. I don't know much about his military service, but uh, I, I, we were talking about who was that actor that you dropped in the chat the other day, Chris? The ninth con- or the director was a director or actor for the ninth configuration? Blatty. I said I said Stacy Keach and then Stacey William Keech. Blatty. Yeah. William he, Blatty is you the said director. He had, writer. he had a very big service. Oh, sorry, the re- with the resume. Yeah. That was. I'm gonna forget his name. You can look it up while I say I this. Got but it. there's another one. Okay, Kevin, who was it? I got it. I'm looking. I'm looking. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say William Wyler kind of did the same thing, but he was riding in. I'm pretty sure B-52 bombers uh, over Germany, like when they were getting shot at and stuff. So all these, yeah, like, like Lee Van Cleef. He's in, he's in the stage play. He was in the Navy too. So like all these guys had real experience and that's how they got into acting in the first place. Cause they, they had the, the experience. And then I just feel like the art back then was so much more authentic than it is now yeah. when it comes to well, this type of real subject. I matter. got the name Neville brand. 
There you go. Thank you. Neville Brand. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah. I mean, like a lot of a lot of Hollywoodlanders actually had. Uh, <laughs> they were respectable people, like really respectable people. And you know, like let's just name like James Stewart. James Stewart, um, I think suffered from PTSD for the rest of his life, even during production on It's a Wonderful Life, because he he also served in World War II. And mm-hmm. he served for like, like ever. I think he yeah, was forever. The, he was in the reserves. And he was like a general by the time he retired, was, which is crazy to think. Think about like a sixty-year-old actor now being like, "I'm a general in the reserves and also in movies." That would never mm-hmm. happen. No, yeah. no, not really. I think John Ford was part of the uh, part of his antics were like he would make fun of people who did not have service experience. <laughs> All right, I read that somewhere. He would be like, where, where, did, where did you serve? In the, where did you serve? You serve nowhere. <laughs> that sucks for Duke Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> that, something that plagued John Wayne the rest of his life was not doing, going into the service. But uh, hey, hmm. you got you to make propaganda and get everybody else to go. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so we, we kind of haven't touched t- too much on the plot. So I think we should kind of let's go. Let's go towards there. Um as Kevin did summarize in that in that beautiful that beautiful little plot synopsis, you have this main character who really wants to see combat and he's unable to. And yeah. Henry Fonda's character has this job on a cargo ship as the XO, basically directing cargo to and from other navy ships as they go to battle. So every day he's reminded Every day he's reminded that oh, there's all these people going in and maybe sacrificing their lives and I'm stuck here just like basically just you know working up a sweat and doing quote unquote nothing he thinks and i think there was a nice little scene with william powell where william powell's doctor uh who funnily enough every single day the guys try to get sick leave and they come in and he just gives them aspirin i thought that was hilarious yeah (laughs) but henry fonda and william power talking in a scene where william powell's character the doc is just trying to explain to him like Maybe you're meant to be in this role as a cargo officer, like supporting everybody else, even though you don't see it, mm-hmm. you're making a difference. And that's only made so clear by the asshole of a captain. That, <laughs> well, not even, he's not even a captain technically in rank. Uh, you think he's a Lieutenant commander, which doesn't make sense to me. I don't know anything about Navy. Like the, I don't know a lot rather about Naval ranks, but I don't know why a Lieutenant commander would be on a, sh- you know, captaining a ship, but, Mm-hmm. Regardless, James Cagney, Kevin. Yes. And now you have things to say about that that man and this character. I really love James Cagney. Honestly, I really, really do love James Cagney. It's it's really funny because uh uh back in college, uh a friend of mine was starring in a in a production of, of Mice and Men, uh by John Steinbeck. And the guy who played Curly, I mean, if anyone knows uh of Mice and Men, I think a lot of people do. But the guy who played Curly at the very end of the of the play, someone asked him, what helped you pre- prep for this role? And he said, I watched almost every single movie starring James Cagney. And once I fu- <laughs> once I finally started watching James Cagney's performances, it was like sort of just a never ending energy that he had. Like he was like a really he was a really like tiny guy, like a short kind of a, a stout kind of person. But when you see him on screen, it's like you don't want to be near him. You don't want to anger the. He's like a little Tasmanian devil just waiting to like kick your ass or something. And Wait. it's just such an impo- Oh yeah, go on, Chris. I was gonna say when you were bringing up uh, this of mice and men, 
and James yeah. Cagney. I was waiting for the you dirty rat quote to come up. <laughs> you dirty rat. It was set up for the perfect joke. Uh, I missed it. Sorry. Of mice and men. Yeah. 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 It's all right. It's fine. It's all right. Maybe next time, Chris. Sorry. Second thing is, <laughs> no, it's all right. The second thing is, I agree with you. James Cagney d- does have that sort of manic energy um, added with his stature. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. And we call that a Napoleon complex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and with that, I would just recommend to you to watch Billy Wilder's one, two, three. Oh, that's Billy Wilder. That's. It's Billy Wilder and Cagney. If you think Cagney's crazy here, uh-huh. he is about a thousand times more off the walls in one, two, three. Okay. Well, that's on yeah. the watch list now. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I mean, okay, I, I added that. I can't wait to watch that. But yeah. Cagney, I don't know. Like, I mean, I saw his pre I saw him in his pre-code days. And and then okay. going into White Heat, where he was already like, I think around 50. And the energy from like his 30s up to his 50s was pretty much the same. Like you see actors it, kind of wear off. But Cagney, it's like, what, what's he doing? It's like he he was the same kind of guy. Same here. He was the same kind of guy, even in humor, even in. So that scene, I just want to like bring up this scene because it's one of my favorite scenes. When Lemon Lemon's character had not seen or had not encountered uh, Cagney's Captain Morton in over over a year 14 months that that he says but that scene where he jumps down the stairs and then he he sees he sees Cagney turn around and see him and then he runs back up the stairs apparently Cagney wanted to rehearse that scene as many times as he could because he could ju- he just could not stop laughing at Jack Lemon even when he asked Jack Lemon like how how long have you been aboard the reluctant <laughs> and then he goes 14 months and I think Cagney just couldn't help but burst into laughter and I think he said in, a, in an interview in that scene you he's really holding himself like really really hard and I don't know I don't know I just there's something about Cagney that that the the energy that he kind of just displays it's just I don't know it's kind of infectious and it, it's really cool I think Orson Welles even said that he's one of the greatest actors of, of his generation and I would agree yeah Have something ever- about him have you ever seen any of his like award acceptance speeches? No, I haven't. You have haven't. to. You have Are to watch great? them on YouTube. Yeah, I, I don't even want to try to. You just got to experience those. James Cag. Like in the, I'm talking about like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s when he was still yeah. alive. Go, go look at those after. Not maybe not tonight, but put those on your watch list. They're you know five ten minutes. Oh man, they're worth it. You know who he kind of reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of Joe Pesci. Or Joe Pesci has like that sort of like little guy like energy where it's like uh, you know i don't care about what you think of me i'm just gonna say this i'm gonna do that to you <laughs> it's just i don't know i love that i love that interesting comparison i i i like the idea of it also maybe it's different maybe pesci was you know copying inspired him, yeah to copying him in his early career and then they just kind of merged with his own personality maybe. and persona I really want to go back to what we were saying about uh, John Ford's antics uh, behind the scenes. So, <laughs> so there's there's another story about when John Ford first met Cagney at the airport, um, and that that was when he was like on his way to the set of Mister Roberts, and 
apparently you know ford of course like he's like trying to start a fight here and he goes we're gonna tangle quote tangle asses unquote to james cagney and apparently it took cagney by surprise and the next day cagney was late to set and uh <laughs> and then suddenly ford just unleashes his anger all over cagney and then cagney cagney actually puts him in his place i forgot what he said but he he just goes or something like Yesterday, you said we were going to tangle asses. I'm ready. Let's do it right here, right now. Something like that. And then Ford just backed off. And it just, that's the first story I've heard in which someone has actually stood up to John Ford that way. And because everyone else I hear, it's like everyone just kind of follows his lead. On the other hand, Cagney just like he basically said, screw off, like get away from me. <laughs> or just played the crazy card back. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But I, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. What other scenes after we get the, you know, in the first 30 minutes of the movie, we, we, we got my, well, my favorite scene kind of starts then and then ends later, but it's when the, all the crewmen are, you know, they're, they're cleaning the binoculars or one crewman's cleaning the binoculars and the other guys are scraping rust off the ship, off the front of the ship, the bow. And of course he sees a woman changing on the island and we get that for we get a nice little gag for a while and then the payoff is they meet those women and the women figure out that that they're spying <laughs> on them uh, I, I think that's great but are there any other scenes that you guys without uh, let's leave James Cagney out of it for a while any other scenes Aww. without yeah <laughs> any other scenes that are, like are your favorite or you know Jack Lemon yeah Jack Lemon has a few where he uh that whole scene where the uh is it the washer machine that blows bubbles everywhere? Yeah. He he blows up a firecracker with like some kind of chemical in it or something. <laughs> yes. Mercury and he comes, yeah. He comes he comes out and the, the whole ship is just filling with bubbles. Um can you imagine having to clean that shit up after like the prop guys probably yeah. like you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was not that was not a John Ford scene. That was something after he no. left. Yeah. And there's this smaller moment. I can't exactly remember where. I think it's later in the movie where he's talking to. I believe it's I believe it's William Powell. I think Doc is in the lower bunk and he's in the top bunk and they're having a conversation about something. But the camera stays down low with William Powell in the bottom bunk. And then. Jack Lemon's head just pops down and he's yeah. doing his over the top shtick really hammy talking about like he's really into the conversation and he's talking the whole conversation upside down. I, I thought that was pretty good. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way it was shot. Yeah. yeah it, it's Doc. It's William Powell. Uh, just uh, it is talking to him. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. And I, and I do think that I do think that even though I like James Cagney and even though I like Henry Fonda and even though I I like Jack Lemon I I don't think their performances really do it for me here um I I think the best performance in the ensemble is William Powell I love William Powell Yeah and I yeah. and unfortunately I love Ward Bond also but um I I I mean I watched the movie and I was like what the heck did Ward Bond do in here Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, know, kind yeah. of, I mean that's kind of he's the just thought. a regular he's a he, regular yeah. <laughs> he mooed at some hot nurses that's, yeah he did that's, li <laughs> that's literally all he did yep 
he, yeah. he played a cow. I, I think he just kind of Jack Ford brought all of his regulars. <laughs> Right. After, after like, you know, a week or two or three or however long of the, sh- they just kind of just said, ah, Jack Ford's gone. Want, we, don't want have, a paycheck? We, we don't got to use his guys no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, hey, you want a paycheck? You want to go or, hang out at this location with me? Or, or Ward Bond's like, I'm in Hawaii right now filming a movie. I'm going to stay right. and just like, yeah. I'm directing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm filling in. Right. <laughs> Drunk at the bar. This was all part of the plan. Yes. <laughs> Henry Fonda's character is not allowed to leave to go. Not he, They're not allowed to have liberty, which is basically leave, and he's not allowed to transfer, uh, mm-hmm. is what I meant to say, for the half, first half of the film. So the, the first half we'll call pre-liberty, and, this, and the, the last half we'll call post-liberty, right? Yeah. I got to say, that scene at night when they – well, not – it's – through the entire day, they they finally get liberty because Cagney and Fonda get a little deal to, for him to go off on on another assignment is to mm-hmm. basically just shut up and follow his orders. So they get liberty at, at this island, which it's 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 filmed in Hawaii, yeah, um, <laughs> in, on Oahu, and all these guys start leaving and they all start coming back at night and they're just getting all the MPs are bringing them in. They're all drunk that one guy brings a goat back. I, that was hilarious. I love that. <laughs> Dolan. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the one story where the, the army guy comes back and like, these guys all just crashed the colonel's like Sarah, what kind of, whatever ceremony. <laughs> it was a friend. I think a French, uh, French ambassador's house. They thought it was a, uh, or <laughs> well, no, that was one. There's two stories. That there, was the two, second yeah. story. The first story was they crashed like an army, party and beat the shit out of 40 like three no like five of the guys beat the shit out of 40 people yeah because they, yeah. they haven't been they haven't been off the boat in 12 months they haven't been off yeah. the boat they weren't allowed yeah, the off soldiers the, the soldiers got beat by sailors <laughs> so, so they're just they're just blowing off steam hardcore and that's i feel like that might have been a john ford i think so too yeah, i'm not sure but i got I donovan's like, refibes from that yeah that that, I, that that to me was for, probably ford but i don't know I just, this movie, my biggest problem is what Chris and I have already kind of, we've already kind of voiced, but it's just that it keeps going back and forth of like serious Henry Fonda, joking Lemon, serious Henry Fonda, joking Jack Lemon. It's like, it's all over the place. You can have Jack Lemon joking, but don't do it 50 50. It's too much because I, I, I kind of care about the serious story a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a combination of, it's a combination of it switching, but also the volumes are changing. So Jack Lemon, for example, like his volume is always at like 10 and Cagney, his volume is always at 10. Fonda is like a, at a six, but then like the scenes change tone from comedic to serious. And it gives that, it gives that uh, not sure of what it is supposed to be vibe, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, or just just disjointed, right? Yeah, I get that. The way yeah, I took it yeah. though is that John Ford, generally, I think he does it in all his films, but he he usually shoots the the screenplay in sequence. He's not one to ch- you know choose a scene from like a in the middle, shoot that first, then go back to the beginning, shoot that next. But he would shoot a, a film in sequence, and he would cut in camera 
So he would he would give his editors little to work with, you know, just like, no, no, this is my film. Right. You're not going to be tampering with this. So the way I took it was after that scene where where all the sailors come back after you see Patrick Wayne hop on board after falling in love with that native girl, it was I think was a pretty sweet scene. I, I, I like that scene. But there's that last shot, like a really cool shot of Henry Fonda just like standing on the USS Reluctant. You see the uh, the sun rays just kind of beaming down on him. Mm-hmm. I feel after everything from that point on was all John Ford. And after the the whole scene where they where they all come back after having fun, <clears throat> that was when either Mervyn Leroy or uh, Joshua Logan took over. That's when you kind of see a bit of a change, I think, more so than in previous uh, scenes. So, like, say, I mean, I think, like, the majority of my favorite scenes happen uh, in, well, not majority, but, like, favorite scenes are basically everything with William Powell. Um, mm-hmm. There's that conversation between Ben mentioned this one already between uh, William Powell and Henry Fonda, where Fonda or Mr. Roberts just doesn't see the importance of his role as Lieutenant on the ship. Right. And so that's one. And that's kind of beautiful because, you know, like, so a really sort of tiresome quote is expect the unexpected originally taken from an Oscar Wilde uh, quote from an ideal husband. But so I, I thought about that and I, I thought for Mr. Roberts, it's more so realize the unrealized kind of realize what you're actually doing here matters just because he doesn't see action. He doesn't, he wants to get into the thick, into the heat of battle to serve his country, but in order to serve his country, he's also got to serve his brothers so it's a very important and kind of a beautiful thing for Mr. Roberts to realize that this is what I'm actually doing here. I just didn't realize that until the very end. Luckily, mm-hmm. it wasn't too late for him to realize it. But that was a really cool thing. And, and that was all sort of that all began when him and uh, William Powell uh, started talking. Also, the silly scene where um, <laughs> where Jack Lemon is like just annoyed because uh, mr roberts gave away his bottle of red label and they Mm -hmm. start making they start making scotch in the room (laughs) i don't know it's something captivating about that scene it's like i kind of want to drive that (laughs) there's there's a nice camaraderie there yeah it's absolutely i I I do want to clarify that when when we're at least i'm talking about the tones changing Mm -hmm. i do recognize that john ford is known for absurdities little comedic asides that are in his great movies. But for example, in the searchers, everything that's tied to the wedding is, is very funny in that film, which ultimately climaxes in a brawl. Yeah. With the two guys fighting over the woman. And I'm pretty sure the woman is screaming the whole time while they're, but the brawl, like the whole thing just, it turns into an absurdity. It's funny. Yeah. Um, So it's, I'm not, I'm not foreign to the fact that John Ford does that and is capable of doing that. I really just don't think it works here. Um, I understand that. Yeah. And I, and I do think Kevin like credit to the film also at the same time, there are certain scenes that, that manage to be funny, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They just don't hit the right marks. They don't hit the, like as personally for me, I don't, I, it it didn't. Um, Yeah. And at the same time, this goes to, I'm going to segue into my, my question here. 
briefly we brought it up already, but it's it's this other thing about the academy. Um, and I know awards aren't everything. We could care less about them, perhaps, but it's a thing to talk about, right? Um, I think the academy, or we we all think this doesn't doesn't get it right all the time. Yeah. Um, but there is a fascinating trend that even goes back during Hollywood's classic era, where peers of the actors who are nominated are constantly fascinated with um, comedians turning in dramatic roles or sort of changing, changing their tone like that. Right. So a good example, a comparison I'm thinking about here to Jack Lemon's role, he's pretty hammy the whole time, but he does have his dramatic moments. Um, I think a good comparison would be Ginger Rogers first Oscar role. Um, her win actually back in 1940, 1941, um, she was nominated for Kitty Foyle. And I think looking at the other performances from that year, you start to like think about how um, Hollywood is sort of just enamored with like, Oh, we're, st we stereotype this actor um, Jack Lemon or Ginger Rogers as the funny, um, the funny boy next door or the funny girl next door character. Um, and then all of a sudden when they do something that even has like an inkling of um, sensitivity to it, seriousness to it, um, they they sort of go a little too far and start to get a little too focused on that. I, think. I get that. I get that. Um, right. I, it, maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense no, because it it's does. just an award, but that's something I've noticed. And I think Correction. that happened here. Correction. It's a popularity contest where people literally pay for votes. <laughs> <laughs> it means well, nothing, Christopher. Yeah. I'm I'm they trying. Only, I'm, I'm trying only... with that. No, no. I, I'm just saying. I, I think your observation is correct. It's bullshit. Yeah. That they that a lot of people got screwed over, and I mean, we've said John Wayne's name ten times. He got screwed, and they finally Multiple gave times. him. They gave him his award for rooster uh, for Rooster Cogburn in True Grit. True Grit. And, yeah. and he's like, yeah. what the? He's like, what the hell? This is like fifteen years too late. And it, it was, but yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and well, and that's a whole different story because he pissed off a bunch of people with the who act shit. So, yeah, that, that's well, it's it's so it's political, it's right? Political. So it's I, mainly I mean, political. That, it's I realize that a little bit, but it's gotten a lot more political since then. Yeah. But in the fifties, yeah. I think it was more of like a, oh well, you know, the Warner Brothers actor got got it last year, so now we're going to give it to Universal or vice versa, <laughs> you know, whatever. Fair MG, enough. MGM yeah. or you know. I do well, think that there was almost a little bit more of a genuine take also where people were like, okay, this is actually different. Um, like Hollywood sort of think trying to think outside the box when I, when I say that these actors are stereotyped and they're, they just see them different all of a sudden. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's a trophy. <laughs> well, wasn't Jim Carrey nominated for, uh, Eternal Sun. I still haven't seen this movie, and I honestly have no, you know, desire to, at the moment. But Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think Jim Carrey was nominated. Yeah, for, like right? that's Same a great. Thing. I I don't know if I don't know if he was nominated for the Oscar, but but that's a great example because right. at the very least he would have been nominated for a Golden Globe or something. Yeah, you know, one of the, <laughs> yeah. one of the lesser ones, right? Um, it's that, and also Steve Carell. After like coming off uh, the Office, he yes. was in Foxcatcher, and yes. I think people kept, they couldn't stop talking about that. It's like it's kind of getting uh, boring, honestly. It's so just well, it's it's, <laughs> it's cool. 
it's cool to see comedians do these roles. I'm I'm all for that, yeah. right? And and sometimes the comedians are the better dramatic actors. Yeah, um, which I can it's agree just, with. It's just one of those instances where I'm being nitpicky and saying um, <laughs> uh, Jack Lemon <laughs> here or like Ginger Rogers with Kitty Foyle. <laughs> I remember I'm you stick with that one that too. One to <laughs> um, those just particularly bother me as far as like, look at the other competition this year. Like, like Ginger Rogers was against Joan Crawford in um, um, in Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Sorry, am I getting the wrong sister mixed up in there? Is it I'm is it sure. Olivia de Havilland or is it Joan Crawford? I'm I'm sorry. I'm on a tangent right now. I think it's Joan Crawford. It's Joan Crawford. Yeah. Yes. 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 Because Olivia de Havilland won her Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Joan Car- Crawford and Rebecca is is amazing in my opinion. And mm-hmm. then you have this <laughs> this Ginger Rogers performance. People. <laughs> um, Chris just likes you, the gingers. <laughs> you, you get you get my point, right? I get so, it. Um, it's just relevant because of jack lemon here i get that yeah totally get that but i want to also kind of touch touch on what ben talked about with the just being political yeah i mean sure sure look at uh look at the 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 time when mickey rourke play was in the wrestler and he was up against sean penn for milk right okay so i don't know why I, i i i was kind of into that even though i didn't even watch any of these movies uh back when i i was like still a teenager but Mickey Rourke won Best Actor at the uh, British Academy uh, Film Awards. But then you bring it to the Oscars, who won? Oh, no, of course, Sean Penn won for that. Yeah. Uh, Take into account um, when Sylvester Stallone finally was nominated for an Oscar for Best, I think, Best Supporting Actor. And it was like, okay, yeah, he's kind of a heavyweight in, in, in the industry and for for playing Rocky and he won the Golden Globe for that while what's his name from uh Bridge of Spies um Spielberg directed that one and Mark Rylance uh yes. was and I saw both films and who wins the Oscar it's Mark Rylance you want to compare the two it's like okay yeah I'm not really I don't know it, it's just something that kind of annoys me where it's just like okay I we know why you guys picked this person but judging right. by performance alone Mark Rylance didn't do anything in that film as compared <laughs> to what Sylvester Stallone did as Rocky in in uh, in Creed. And it's like, what the hell is this? I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't trust the Oscars. I uh, especially as the years have progressed, I don't like the Oscars. I I hate the Oscars. I think the Oscars can go to hell. Sorry. Well, <laughs> you're not the only one, Kevin. Look at their numbers for like the past 10 years. They just keep. Yeah, going, they keep going, going down. down. They so. keep going down, and serves them right. Yeah, but this is this right. is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, and this is why I keep watching movies from fifty years ago. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm be doing that tonight. But we let's go back to some lighthearted conversation. The palm tree. Yes. Epic. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a that's a good moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The James Cagney character got a, a palm tree award from one of his higher ups another officer. Cause he wants his promotion from Lieutenant commander to commander, which is the next rank. It, it's kind of weird. Captain in the Navy is a lot big, much more of a big, that's like, if you get that, 
it's a it's basically like being a general in the army. Like captains, yeah. it's it's weird because captain in the army is, you know, you're oh you've been an officer for three years. Congrats. Like, so <laughs> right. it's it's a little different. So James Cagney gets this award and he wants his he wants his promotion, and the reason he's keeping Fonda there is because he got a compliment for, for like oh you have a great XO. So he's like I can't get rid of this guy. He's gonna get me my promotion. And he has this palm tree that if anyone touches, he punishes the entire crew. So like the first thing I think is someone, it happens in the first five minutes. The night before someone's on watch, they're smoking a cigarette. They throw their, their cigarette in the uh, pot with the, with the palm tree. And this, it keeps escalating until the end where Fonda finally is just like, I think that there's an, there's a radio announcement saying that V was it V E day. Europe day? Uh, yeah, V V E day, yeah, because the war in Europe ended. Yeah, the Europe ended before um the J- Japanese um The European that, campaign ended. Yeah, uh, before yeah, yeah, the Pacific that campaign. campaign. Campaign was the word I was looking for. Thank you. The, that is playing on the radio. I, I guess it's maybe pre- one of the presidents. Is, is it it's Truman, I think. Yeah. Truman speaking, yeah. and you know, it's at night. And Hafanda gets really inspired by this speech and just, you know, it says, you know what? I'm no longer taking this guy's shit. I'm not lying to myself yeah. anymore. And he just goes up and takes the palm tree and just chucks it overboard. Yeah. Gloriously. Mm. Gloriously. And then <laughs> the next day it gets called up by Cagney. You know, you dirty, you dirty rat. Where's my you dirty rat. <laughs> I knew it was you. You <laughs> No, he doesn't say that, but. He, he gets chewed out, and Fonda plays it straight. You want to see me, Captain? You did it! Don't stand there and lie to me! Confess it! Confess what, Captain? I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about because you did it! You, you double-crossed me! me. You've, You've gone, gone back on your word! No, I haven't, Captain. Oh, yes, you have! Yes, you have! I kept my part of the bargain. I gave this crew liberty! I gave this crew liberty! But you've gone back on your word! You promised me on your word of honor. Well, I kept my word, Captain. I haven't written any more letters. I think it was <laughs> that moment. It was so great. It was almost ruined by. Tim, we're going to spoil it. Obviously, by now we're spoiling shit. Uh, Ensign Palver, Lemon's character. The movie ends with that same exact scene, but he's the one doing it. I think that kind of just I get ruined. That. No, I get that, that. ending because it's like you already <laughs> no, had the. the epic no, I just moment, wanted to point so out, like, to just to it. add to what you said about uh, Fonda going up there and then chucking the palm tree overboard. But in in the beginning, I mean, it's the scene where uh, Cagney and Fonda have they make a pact. They say, "Okay, you do this for me, and then I'll give I'll give the men liberty." Fonda, yeah. Mr. Roberts specifically refers to the palm tree as a malig- mal- malignant growth that he wants to get rid of. So when he listens to Truman on on the on the radio talking about, you know, defeating the enemy in Europe, defeating the Axis powers, he goes, when you see the enemy, get rid of that malignant growth. And that that just sparks like you see Fonda's face and it's like like eyes light up. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. So excellent I, thought it was, connection. I thought it was great. I mean, I didn't really. Yes. Hey, that was his yeah, first. That was exactly, his first kill exactly, in combat, yeah. man. Come on, Fatality. <laughs> I mean, he just like chucks that thing like a freaking Olympic spear, t- you know, thrower. Like, woo! It's it's out there. It's an important device for some of the plot too, because they get him, they get him to say things on the PA speaker without him realizing. Inadvertently, it. they mm-hmm. didn't even know either. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, correct. It, 
There you go. Uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> like all these guys are in the Navy. This is a thing you use to communicate with your crew. And yet you didn't know that it was a hot mic. Uh, Come on, man. Yeah. No, right. it's great. It's great, though. It worked. It, yeah, yes. it worked. I thought it's totally. You right. betrayed me. You, you backstabbing <laughs> traitor, you dirty rat. <laughs> you dirty yeah, rat. <laughs> you have to but, watch one, two, three. I know. Uh, I can't wait. It's on the watch list. I can't yeah. wait. Is it on the Tubies? Is it on Tubi or. Uh, and no, I think it, it might be a TCM regular, so I, I might find it on TCM. It I will, might be. I yeah. will admit, I think I started that, watched the first three minutes, and was like, I'm not feeling this right now. I, it's not bad. I just, I was like, I, I need to turn it off, and I never went back. It's, it's full on, it's full on capitalism versus communism. And so it's political, but. Yeah, I would expect that from Wilder. Yeah. It, it is thoroughly enjoyable. Thoroughly enjoyable. It is Can't hilarious. Wait. What wins yes. in the end? Wait. Spoil it for me. No, you have to watch it. <laughs> I'm sure communism wins today, right? Coming from uh, Mr. Wilder, the uh, let me guess, the Austrian immigrant. He fled. He fled that. Yeah, he fled that. Yeah, because uh, he didn't want to be around that. You know those Nazis. Yeah. Nazis, <laughs> which are yeah, fascism's just another form of communism. People pretty just much drop, pretty much dropping bombs. Yeah, let's just tell the uh, truth. But yeah, I need to watch that, Chris. I can't wait. Can't you guys wait. should. I I think you'd both love it. I it's it's actually our dear friend Nick Langdon. It's actually one of his uh, favorites. Top twenty. It's actually one of his top twenty five films. Oh well, shout out to Nick. Hey Nick. Shout out to <laughs> Nick. <you're> he, <laughs> that was actually the reason why I watched it because I saw it on his on his personal top twenty five list, and I I was like, oh, this is a Wilder I haven't seen and have also never heard anybody talk about. Um. Man. It's very, it's very, it's very fast paced. Like Cagney, again, you think Cagney is like good or crazy in this? He's amplified Hmm. in uh, Wilder's movie. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Every time Cagney, every time I heard Cagney go, all right, mister. I just started laughing. Like every time I comes up. The New York accent is seems like for whatever reason to me, just seems really awful on a Navy ship, even though a lot of these guys did come from New York in World War II, but it just Uh seems so off. Like it seems so off. Really? (laughs) You think so? (laughs) No, it just seems like it just seems weird to me. Like I'm just used to not hearing that, but I get you. All that, that Cary Grant mid Atlantic. Yeah, <laughs> which can get annoying for some actors. I think it's kind of annoying for Catherine Hepburn, to be honest. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's cool from from other people, like say, like you take uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer. I just, I don't know. It, it sounds better for other people. Other people, for other actors, it just doesn't really seem to work, at least for me. Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to get though, uh, just speaking of going go to casting, I mean. Fonda was not well. He was Ford's choice, as as I've already mentioned. But the studio originally wanted William Holden or Marlon Brando. I can't. I don't. I, I no, not Marlon Brando. Can you imagine? I could Marlon, have been a contender. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Marlon Brando mumbling his way through these lines? He's like, hey Frank, I like you. There's no getting <laughs> around the fact that you're a real likable guy. Huh? <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot do it. I don't Sorry, respect. You. I don't respect you. Uh. <laughs> What's wrong, Captain? Huh? What's wrong? I didn't do anything, huh? I can't do no, it I cannot take that shit seriously. Sorry. Yeah, we're really good on our only... uh our impressions today. Brando, 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 check, check, check. We got it. Brando's good. Can you imagine that? The only I mean, I 
I don't know. I think on the waterfront for me is Marlon Brando's best. I don't really care about uh I mean he's good in The Godfather, but everyone talks about it too much that it's just to the point of boredom. Um anyway, yeah. I could have had class. Hey, I, can't even, I, can't, I can't even do it. Uh, you had a little valley girl there. I like it. I, I like it. it I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his outfit in that fucking movie is so ridiculous. Oh like, yeah. That what do you even call that hat, Chris? I'm sure you got one in your closet. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I could have had uh, class. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, love Brando. Love Brando. <laughs> I like Brando in certain moments, but oh no, I cannot imagine him as Mr. Roberts. Please, thank God that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, in 1955, actually, I think he was actually he was playing another. He played another role in the Navy in Sayonara, where he was next to Red Buttons. <laughs> Ooh, wow! <laughs> Which I, <laughs> all right, I, I'm going to go first full circle with this. Stick with me. Okay. I believe you. Do you guys know Red Buttons would do the Dean Martin roasts and he would, he would, his whole shtick would be, this man never got a dinner. Why are we given, like, he would talk about the person who, whose roast it is, like they were roasting Dean Martin. He'd be like, why are we giving Dean Martin a dinner? All of these other famous people never got a dinner. That was his joke, right? So, like, then he would talk about, then he would, he would give examples. He'd be, and one example he would give was, James Cagney, who said to Mickey Mouse, you dirty rat, never got a dinner. Like, that's actually one of his jokes. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I so like that's, up, that'd be his shtick. Um, and anyway, that all just came up because, yes, I think Marlon Brando plays a, a Navy or Army vet in Sayonara and uh, Red Buttons co-stars with him on that. And I think it was the same year as Mr. Roberts. Really? Oh, OK. Yeah. Was it worth it, though, Chris? Was it a, was it worth it to watch? Sayonara, I enjoyed more Sayonara. than this one. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I enjoyed it. Okay. I enjoyed it more. It's not a comedy, really. It's more of a full mm-hmm. swung uh drama. Um, okay. because Marlon Brando actually it's Red Button's character falls in love with an Asian woman, and that was frowned upon at the time. Or at mm-hmm. least it was sort of a new thing that people were trying to sort out with a mm-hmm. you know mixed mixed race uh yeah. Um interracial, interracial. marriages. Yes, yes. Makes sense. Makes and that's sense. that's my tangent. <laughs> So, do you want to rate? Yeah, I'm ready yeah, to rate. We can, we can, we, you guys go first. Chris. What are you? <laughs> oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. You go first. <laughs> oh, oh, you're on top of the Zoom window. You're you going go, first. You go first. Hell no. <laughs> okay. I will, I will right. sit here. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not changing right. my score based on what you said. No. How, I, da- I how, dare, you know. how dare you think that? All right. I give... I give the name Ensign. Ensign? Five out of, <laughs> yeah. you know, five, a, out of you know, five. You know that's a rank, right? It's a rank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I waiting. Did not, <laughs> I did not know that. Really? Yeah, Chris wrote you, that in. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I didn't <Nope>. either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love like, that. I, I wanted him to say it so I'm bad. Gonna, I'm going to leave it in there. It's <laughs> oh, fantastic. Better than I thought to say. Oh, that's I don't great. give a shit if no uh, listeners don't think that's totally, funny. It's fucking uh, funny. It is. It's hilarious. And um, yeah. <laughs> Ed, rank uh, the name uh, Ensign. <laughs> I totally thought it, it was like it's an the old lowest. Name. It's the lowest. It's again naval ranks. It's the lowest yeah. naval rank officer. So that's why. We'll see. 
It shows you how much I know so about people. <laughs> so, ob- so obviously, Chris is an army guy. Boo. I I don't I don't know where I would be on that, but probably considering I don't know any naval ranks. I'm just yeah. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's amazing. I, I, I loved it. I saw it. I started laughing. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep it. I'm not gonna tamper with it. I thought he was pulling, yanking my chain. I, we're no, all messing no. messing with each other and the and the outline. See, and like typically that would be. Well, typically that would forward. be. Typically, that would be a joke I would do. But no, this is my own humility coming forward. I did not know this was. No, it's fine. Uh, I did not know. You're not the only one. You're someone listening right now is like, I'm an idiot too. I hope people listening right now (laughs) learned that ensign, ensign, ensign is a is a ensign. Last one is a is a lowest the lowest man on the totem pole in the naval. You can blame um, blame the Brits. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's carried over from them. (laughs) But hold on a second. What's what's the what's his full name anyway? Oh, it's just Frank Frank, Pulver. Frank Frank, Pulver. Frank Frank Marlowe. Yeah, Frank Marlowe Pulver. So he's got a normal name. Frank's not yeah, a biblical a name. What, what's he named after? Frankincense, <laughs> since he smells so sweet. <laughs> um, you know what that's from? Okay. Me? Are you asking me or Kevin? Yeah. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Watch seven that. Brides, seven. Uh, yeah, Oh, you yeah, haven't see seen that one, Chris? Uh, I, need to, I need to revisit that. Yeah, I have seen that. my rating for that one. I love that one. That is one. Kino. But, yeah. I have, I have seen one. that. That should have won the Oscar. Yes. For what year? 1954. <laughs> Four? Is it also fifty five? No, I think it. Oh, let's go. It's a little I, earlier. I no, think. maybe it's fifty two or three around there. Yeah, <laughs> fifty four on the waterfront. Beat it, and that's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> seven absolutely, brides, absolutely seven, not. Seven brides, seven brothers. The ten out of ten on the waterfront is not. Ooh, I disagree. Get that shit out of here. Get that shit out of here. That's why you're going first <laughs> for this movie. I'm more right, positive so, there too. Oh, I'm more positive there too. You're going to win the battle, but not the war. Okay. Oh, uh, we'll see. So I'm, I'm going to sink your battleships. <laughs> <laughs> we do add it. We, we do it at 10, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. After, I'm on, gonna the, give on, this... on the 40th episode. Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm still going to keep asking you every time we do this. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's silly, but That's, I love uh, it. I've already stated my case on everything. Um, I think I come away a lot more disappointed than anything, but I am glad to watch where Jack Lemmon won his first Oscar. Um, even though I think the whole idea behind it is kind of not correct. Historical, um, historical. If, and, and I mean, the movie is important. And I think in a multiple actors uh, trajectories, right. With Henry Ford and uh, sorry, John Ford and Henry Fonda's relationship being um, the obvious example. Um, but I, I have to end my rating with a three out of 10. Okay. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, you thought Ooh. you were gonna beat Wait, me? Are, are you sure it's a three <laughs> three out of ten? Not not six out of ten, Chris. It's is it really three out? No, of 10? no. Yeah, it's really one and a half out of five. Yeah, three out of yeah, ten. Yeah. It's so it is my least okay. favorite John Ford film that yeah. I have so far that, seen. Oh, I don't Fair. even know if I can answer that question. Mm. What question? No, it's that, it's, yeah. defi- it's but, definitely not my least favorite. I don't think. But I have me to, too. I have yeah, to it's not my least favorite. I, to, I, I honestly can't think of another John Ford film. I'll name a least favorite that I have, but. I still like that one too. So, uh, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there, I I think I just I'm too sensitive to the to the uh incompatibility of like even if it's not fully in the front or in mm-hmm. the four. Mm-hmm. I'm I was I felt like the whole thing was off. And I actually meant to make this comment before, but Ben 
said something about the production design about how like it doesn't the when it's not ford no one's actually doing like any horizon shots there's no yeah you know what i mean there's a lot um, of interiors and, and but it's a lot it's, it feels all... claustro it feels claustrophobic and cold right which i guess when you're on a naval ship and on whatever it, it's it probably does feel that way the exactly but, you can um, only do so much on a set like that so when you know the whole I thing mean, is gray walls yeah right so right. except when they're outside the ship but um i i don't think the production design was very i don't know and good either yeah yeah i, I, that, I, I liked it for the first half uh how it was shot well the first 30 minutes and then whatever we don't need to keep rehashing it so your rating ben my rating with i'm well before i rate i'm glad we didn't spoil everything so yes. if you're listening to this movie and think you know the entire plot you do not uh my rating is a 7 out of 10 i was i was teetering but i'm going to be positive Nice. Oh, I thought you were going to nice. be a little lower than that. I thought. Well, I guess I thought you were going to be a six out of ten. But oh, interesting. I, I could have. I could have gone there, but I did. I did dig the, the like as Kevin put it perfectly. I didn't even think about that, but it's a hangout vibe. I do like that. I could. I'm, I could watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's. I, so I just like don't like the end. That, the, the payoff is bad at the end. Well, bringing that point up, I would just rather watch Donovan's Reef. Well, of course, I love. You know Donovan's what I mean? Reef, like yeah. that. Like That's this to me is Donovan. I already said this. It's Donovan Donovan's Reef Light, or John Ford Light. I would just rather watch one of his Donovan's other movies. Reef. Yeah, which is which is but fair. It's again fair. John Ford. Like you can't. I don't know. I think a three out of ten is really hard. Especially but. well, especially because like I don't care for any performances except for uh, William Powell. I'm not going to watch this movie just for a seven out of 10 William Powell performance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody else is sort of below that. He barely, they didn't use Ward Bond at all. Um, he's really trying to make a case, Kevin. He's justifying this thing. He's trying. <laughs> Chris is coping and right I, now. I, I, Chris is coping. Fine. He's coping I, right now. No, dude, I, 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 I'm just kidding. I like I'm it. being, I'm being the, yeah, I'm being the counter on this one. Um, oh yeah, I understand. I, I love John Ford. I do. Um, but at this all point, right. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep repeating myself on everything. Everyone's yeah, let's, well, let's case. let's we're we're gonna go too long. Let's let's uh let's cut it there. Kevin, you give us your rating, sir. Yeah, just to piggyback on Chris's mention of damn it, uh, William, Kevin. Really, no, really quick. William Powell. This is his very last. I forgot to mention his very last role on film, mm-hmm. which is which is actually pretty. Yeah, which is actually pretty sad. And he li- he retired after this film because of the working conditions he couldn't take anymore. He forgot his lines constantly he was like suffering under the heat so he decided i'm just going to retire but he lived for another 29 years and but he just never acted in film again it's really sad but yeah uh, but uh i love i really do love william powell i mean the thin man come on yes but, uh, yeah but um so my rating of course i'm subtle i am the most positive uh but it's not too up there it's uh eight out of ten okay so uh, a six yeah searchers there we go so yeah not bad that's balanced that meets that actually meets our recommendation right yeah right be recommended hey it's john ford john ford no matter what better than (laughs) most better than most things you could do what's your least favorite john ford ben so this is chris's least favorite john Ford. off the top of my head yeah Probably like Rio Grande, I think is Rio, less ooh, than this than me. For the, that was a, that was arriving tomorrow. <laughs> but I've only seen it once. 
I think I rated it a five if I'm remembering correctly, which again, really? a five for me is not like, that's not awful. I would watch it yeah. again. Right. It's been some time since I've seen that one, but I, I think I have that as a three, like a six, sorry, a six out of 10, six out of yeah. 10, five, oh, six. Yeah. What's the difference? You know, yeah. it's just five not, is average. Six is above average. It's not mm. the <laughs> man who shot Liberty <laughs> Valance good. So whatever, man, I have that one on 4k. I can't wait to get you ever nice. see that? You've never yeah. seen that? Not yet, but it's it's oh, really? oh, fuck yeah, you, yeah, no, man. I know, I next know. time we do trading, <laughs> next time we do a trading post, you're fucking watching that. Like I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I have it on 4K, so it's just waiting for me. I mean, I, I could start it soon. But I was gonna say, <laughs> I know everyone keeps talking about that one. Can't wait to get the, to get to that. Uh, it's better board. than the searchers, in my opinion. You think so? Oh, interesting. Um, my least favorite John Ford film, which I don't I honestly don't hate any of his movies at all, but I mean, this one I gave three and a half out of five. That's a seven out of ten. It's from nineteen thirty. It's a this is lowest. It's his lowest. Shut up. That's hey. his lowest score. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> For John Ford, yeah. But uh, no, it's the plow and the stars, and I guess maybe why it's not that low is because Barbara Stanwyck's in it. So um, yeah. So yeah. that's that's the low oh, that's bar. In- inflated then. everybody. Yeah. Uh, inflated. Uh, salt. Put salt in the hand. <laughs> Handful of salt. Yeah. <laughs> salt bay. Salt bay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Good job, boys. Kevin, uh, great pick. Um, even though I was the lowest score. And um, yeah, this is is, always always he is the most negative. Mr. Negative. Mr. Negativity. He's Mr. Negative. Negative Nancy. (laughs) Hey, that's what you're that's what that means. Okay. A little (laughs) Easter egg. No one knows no one even knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! No. No. Love it. No. Yeah. All right, that's an inside joke official. <laughs> All right, everyone, All right, thanks guys. for thanks for sticking with us. This is we went a lot longer than I thought, but hey, I love it. I love it. That was great. Yeah, send in your mailbags. We did get a mailbag, but I am not going to read it on this episode because it's more private for the three of us. And mm, okay, I'll just say it was from Odie. When uh, that's it. So Odie, if you listen ah. this long, thank you for listening to it. An hour and a half of us talk about. <laughs> shenanigans no it's hey it was a, it, this was a good app i enjoyed myself a lot i, I liked watching this movie so, yeah me too yeah all right mailbags usual place please like rate and subscribe please 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 rate us on apple it does help us in the stupid algorithms to get like more listeners so really would appreciate that but that's all i got that's all sure up boys thanks for listening Alrighty. everybody all right Later, set peeps. sales Shove off. <laughs> How many more can we do? <laughs> <laughs>